as I sometimes do, I wish to offer a word of a little caution before I begin today. The content of this sermon will be difficult. You are all aware of the tragic happenings in the Capitol this week. Also, many of you are aware, as Jana mentioned in the welcome of the death of Amy Phillips. Amy was the wife and mother and longtime Sunday school teacher in our congregation. She was a friend of so many of you, and she died unexpectedly this week. It is always my intention to preach God's word without ignoring or simplifying the painful realities that are a part of human life. Keeping the gospel before us, I will seek to say a faithful word about both of these difficult situations as part of today's sermon. Let us pray. Startle us, O God, with your truth, your grace, and your love. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today I'm going to talk about beginnings and endings. Beginnings and endings. There are a lot of endings and beginnings going on around us right now. The turmoil of this past week surrounded one administration coming to an end and another one beginning. In these days of pandemic, all around us is the reality of lives coming to an end and the beginning of life without those we have lost. Here in early January, we are at the end of a year that has been so hard, and we are hoping for a new year that is a better one. These are endings and beginnings. When the Bible talks about endings and beginnings, it does not do do it in a way that is simple, that is neat and tidy, but in a way that is quite real. Endings and beginnings are often a mess. The Bible talks about endings and beginnings that take time. The Bible talks about endings and beginnings that involve chaos and destruction. God is in the midst of it, the Bible tells us, present with us in the chaos. God calls us to be people of love and grace in the midst of it. And God calls us toward a promise, a future day when there will be peace and rest. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. Genesis 1.1 A formless void, darkness covering everything. These are the first words of the Bible. And this is the situation into which God speaks God's good word. Let there be light. And it was so, says the Bible. And it was good. And it happened in the middle of chaos. And it would be followed by days and days more of creation and then a fall. This is God's story. 
throughout all of it, God is at work. Not only at the beginning of the Bible, but at the very end, in the 21st chapter of the book of Revelation, all of the Bible is coming to an end, but we hear again about beginnings. Then, says John, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. In that day God will dwell with the people. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. A new creation. A new heaven and a new earth. This is what we are told of at the end of the Bible. Out of a first creation that is now behind us, that is coming to an end, God has a new promise for us. Two thousand years later, we have not seen it come to fruition yet. Endings and beginnings. In the Bible, they are not simple. But this is where God does God's work. With all of that as our backdrop, let's talk about endings and beginnings around us today. My first example is not very dramatic, but it is common to every one of us. We have come to the end of a hard year and the beginning of a new year. So many articles and conversations and memes have said something like, good riddance 2020 and welcome 2021, and yet, I have heard many of you say that going to bed on December 31st and waking up on January 1 did not feel all that different. Yes, there is much to hope for in the year that is ahead, a vaccine, warming weather and an end to the surge, a return to some of the things that we find normal and we love, but it will not come overnight. Endings and beginnings are not so easy as that. I believe the scripture before us helps us to know how to live and to endure in challenging days. We'll be reflecting on that today. But first, some more specific words about endings and beginnings. This past Wednesday, our country endured a tragic and frightening day. A violent mob stormed the Capitol building and disrupted our democracy. I am sure many of you spent a lot of time watching the images and listening to the commentary, so I will not replay all of that for you other than to share the question that I kept on asking myself, is this an ending? Or is this a beginning? On the one hand, it would seem to be the ending of a lot of things. The end of a presidency. The end of a fight over election results. As the legislators all told us later in the evening when they reconvened, the end of insurrection, the triumph of democracy over the angry mob. Also, there were beginnings. Some of them hopeful and some of them frightened. Could it be, in a hopeful sense, that in the unity and friendship shown in those chambers on Wednesday among legislators who were fearful, 
Could it be that some of our political leaders might rediscover their common ground and stop treating one another as enemies? Could it be that we will finally see the danger of spreading falsehood and recommit ourselves to telling the truth? For some members of both parties, these could be welcome beginnings. There are other beginnings that are much more frightening. Four years ago, white supremacist groups marched in Charlottesville, Virginia. They came right out into the open like they had not done in decades, and they spread their hatred, and many of us were shocked. But we have allowed it to continue. Because the hate that we saw in Charlottesville was not condemned at every single level, its public presence has grown. Four years ago, they could not have imagined entering the Capitol building and disrupting a joint session of Congress. This renewal of white supremacy has gone on too long, and it requires a unified response from government and from regular people. We must have something to say about this. There are responses that make sense for people of faith. Our scripture and its wisdom about endings and beginnings witnesses to this. We must act faithfully to begin to bring an end to this mess. And while politicians and a violent mob took the center stage and all of the focus of the news on Wednesday, other endings and beginnings continued all around us. They filled our hospitals. As one person now dies in the United States almost every minute from the coronavirus. The overworked doctors and nurses who were caring for those people on Wednesday, they did not leave their sacred duty to turn on the cable news. They kept on. This is a reminder not only in the scourge of this terrible pandemic, but of the reality of life and death that continues around us every single day. It is hard sometimes to conceptualize that each one of the more than 350,000 people who have died of coronavirus, every one of them had loved ones who grieved their death. Loved ones who are now trying to figure out life without their wife or their husband, their parent or their child, their sibling, or their best friend. This fact is not new because of the coronavirus. It applies every time we lose a loved one to old age, or to cancer, or a car accident, or an addiction. This was grounding and humbling when it happened to me on Wednesday. I was hooked to my own news feed on Wednesday evening when I received a phone call that a member of our Knox family had died. An angel of a wife and mother who had two teenage daughters. One of our most dedicated Sunday school teachers. Amy Phillips died of a freak accident 
when she fell while painting the stairwell in her basement. It was pure tragedy. I cannot stop praying, and I hope you will not, for Rick and Audrey and Cassie, for the people who taught Sunday school with Amy and who attended her classes and who rang handbells with her. Endings and beginnings are all around us when people die. It is the ending of a life of one of God's children and all of the relationships that go along with it. Relationships they had with a parent, a sibling, a friend, a child. Grief. Grief is the hard beginning of life without the person we have loved. Grief is a long and unpredictable beginning that winds through sadness and anger and denial and memory and that tries to journey toward healing. In the beginnings and the endings of life and death, there are ways that we as a church are called to respond. And so, what wisdom does our faith offer us about all of this? First of all, our faith tells us that we are in good company. We are in company with Moses, who led a doubtful and broken nation of people into freedom. We are in company with Ruth, who lost a husband, and with David, who lost his son Absalom, and Paul, who left his life of comfort and influence to follow Christ. We are in company with countless others whose lives were marked by important and complicated endings and beginnings. They found somehow that God would see them through, for they knew that God's story began with a messy ending and beginning of its own, that God was in the midst of it. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, they read, the world was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. They knew that the end of God's story in the Bible offers us this cliffhanger of a promise. Mourning and crying and pain will one day be no more. For see, I am making all things new. We live faithfully because we believe God will not leave us in the midst of our messes. God is present in the midst of them. And God is working to bring light to the darkness, to wipe every tear from our eyes, and to bring us to a place where we can look at what has been created and say that, yes, it is very, very good. How do we get there? What do we do as a church that will sustain us on the way and tell us that we are joining God, that we are part of God's struggle as God brings light to the darkness? What do we do in the midst of the challenges of these days? What is the role of our church? First, in reference to the events in Washington this week, 
White supremacy has become more and more visible in our culture. Thanks be to God, we are not ignoring that reality in hopes that it will go away, but we are acknowledging it here at Knox. We know that our country needs for moderate, sensible people with all kinds of political preferences to speak up honestly against hatred. We must speak a message of peace and unity for God's children that is louder than the message of hate. We are doing this through our new racial justice ministry, yes. And we will also be doing it through a new education program you will be hearing about in the coming weeks at Knox. Braver Angels is a curriculum that invites people who may have different political opinions to explore the values that we share in common. And it invites us to escape the toxic influences that have led so many of us to perceive one another as enemies. Only by reclaiming a majority voice that is not so strident and divisive will we be able to reclaim the common good and stand up against voices of hate. This is not just the role of legislators in Washington, it is the job of neighborhoods and of communities and of churches. We must do our part. As for the faithful work of navigating death and life, this work is also fundamental to who we are as a church. We welcome newborn children in baptism. And in funerals, we guide faithful people from death into eternal life. We witness to the new good news of resurrection. These are beginnings and endings and new beginnings for us. And our most meaningful work as people of faith does not happen just in those singular moments, a baptism or a funeral, but in the way that we care for one another along the way. We nurture children in faith, and we care for one another as we grieve. Jana and I baptize the children, but it's the Sunday school teachers like Amy Phillips who teach them the faith. It's worth saying that when Amy died this past Wednesday, as is often the case, Jana and I did not hear directly from the family. We got the call from another family in our Knox community who were already present there in the home of the Phillips family caring for them. The compassion of Jesus Christ is shown in the way that all of us, through phone calls and hugs, casseroles on the doorstep and countless other kindnesses, remind one another that we are not alone in the endings and beginnings of life. As one very difficult year comes to an end and another one begins, and as we wake up realizing that not everything is all better in 2021, we as a church, we will keep on doing what we do best and what is core to who we are. We will be God's people of grace and love. Christian grace is not a naive platitude. It is a courageous way of acknowledging sin and receiving forgiveness. 
Grace does not let bygones be bygones, but names and repents of the hurts of the past so that we can return to life as a community. Our country needs this gift. Our communities need this gift. Love, Christian love, it also is not a platitude, nor is it simply an emotion. Many people speak of it as a Valentine's Day sentiment or the way that you feel about your new couch. But love in the church is different. Love is the willingness to act in ways that put the needs of others before the pleasures and preferences of ourselves. We see love in the church when we care for the grieving, when we serve people in need, and when we center our lives in loving God. Because God loved us first. The peace we receive in Jesus Christ and the courage we receive to follow him comes not from anything within ourselves. Christ's peace and Christ's courage is not grounded in philosophical questions about human authority or guarantees about what tomorrow will bring. Christ's peace and courage comes from a promise we share. It appears in the first words of our holy scriptures, in the beginning, in the midst of the chaos, there was God. The one who creates, the one who redeems, and the one who sustains us all will be with us in the midst of our messy endings and our messy beginnings encouraging all of us with grace and love.